This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, tell me if you can relate to this. You go into your cabinet, and you've got your kitchen cabinet, and you've got three different pint glasses, and they all <laughs> look relatively the same. I'm at this point where I can't tell which one is my lucky pint glass or not. I'm in full rotation every week. Well, okay. Uh, that was a captaincy fail. I must have been drinking out of the wrong glass. So let's try this one. And then it was a decent game week last week. So maybe I was drinking out of that one, but I can't quite remember. So basically what game week 23 is proving to me is that uh, lucky glasses or any sort of lucky talisman either don't exist or I have just proven that I don't know how to use them. <laughs> so you're not doing that bad, are you? 58 points, um, two players to play. I mean, it looks like you got a small green arrow, right? You're you're doing okay. Well, so fantasy is a game of all fantasy, but FPL in particular is certainly a game of perspective, the eye of the beholder. Sure. And uh, for me, I have exactly 30 points on my bench. So, yeah, if you look across <laughs> my midfield right now, yeah. Captain Bruno with a goal, Sala with a goal, Sun with a goal. Gundawan with a brace. Yeah, Suchek red card. Okay. Uh, Watkins with a goal. There's just like points coming out of everywhere yeah. with a little bit of bad luck. And then scroll a little farther and you're like, okay, James Justin on my bench. Calvert-Lewin on my bench. Matt Target on my bench. So this is a week where, let me put it to you this way. Put luck aside. Maybe okay. I can maybe I can create another analogy for you. <laughs> Um, midlife crisis, right? Uh -huh. So I've been living with a lot of members of this family of my fantasy squad for a number of what feels like years at this point mm -hmm. in the season. Yeah. <laughs> I look at them and I say, I don't think you really love me anymore. 
I'm not sure I love you anymore. <laughs> and I don't know who to bench, who to play. Yeah. I kind of don't know who's part of my family anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> coming out of coming out of game week 23, I'm just like, it's all a mess. Do I just need to move to Florida and start from scratch? All right, so let's see. Who do you not love anymore? I guess uh, Mendy from Chelsea. Uh, he probably goes in there. Sala maybe a little frustrated right now, even though he got the pen today. It felt like, uh, you know, it, the Suchek thing we we just can't even talk about yet. I still need another uh, a month to process that. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, this is – I have been trying to keep my VAR meltdowns to um, a minimum, but I have to admit I was so – just like, like it was it, – the the problem I have with VAR is that it, I find it very like destabilizing, like emotionally when that, when it happens, you know, like uh-huh. it feels so unjust to me, you know, it's so intrusive yeah. and so um, unnecessary in my opinion. Sure. And so I was still like 20, 30 minutes into the Man United game, which followed the West Ham match before I was finally like <laughs> my nerves were settled again. You know, yeah. it was like, I was so like it just felt like it was like it brought out some weird like justice part. I was like, this is not just. It wasn't even about the particular decision. It was just like the fact that it happened at all. You know, was just so. <laughs> well, maddening. I actually, while you were having a meltdown, I flipped through to page like one hundred and twenty-five of FIFA rulebook, the FA guidelines. Yeah, and I saw if your arms are too long. It's a red card. It's an immediate <laughs> red card. So Suchek really, he, he they had to dig deep for that rule, but. VAR, yeah. obviously, I feel like the for the last month or so, I have noticed that VAR has been less obtrusive. They've been more quick. Yeah. They've been quicker to reach a decision. They've been less um, sort of vehement about handballs and 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 whatnot. Yeah. This weekend, they it it just went on its head where the VAR decisions were here, there, and everywhere didn't seem consistent they didn't seem to make a lot of sense and of course the problem that i always say about var is it was it it has to make you realize it was never a problem that referees occasionally got decisions wrong because var is not helping so just take take away this thing that adds 15 minutes to the broadcast that we don't need and go back to just regularly being mad at mike dean because yeah. that's just kind of the way, where where we are anyway at this point. We were mad at him before VAR. We're mad at him <laughs> afterwards. And no, yeah. like everyone is having less fun, it feels like, after this. And you have the – even the VAR defenders are just so exhausted at this point, you know. And it's it, – I, I can't imagine what it's like to still be a VR defender. I mean you must just be just completely wiped out, right? I mean it's like nobody likes it. It's like you and 12 other people who are just like fighting for this thing, you yeah. know. So it just – yeah, I, I'm actually now rooting for VR to get – progressively worse as the season goes on i want there to be major var disasters every single weekend so it sort of forces mm-hmm. the premier league to do something about it um and you know i worry that it isn't quite bad enough and so they're just going to yeah. persist with it you know so anyway i wasn't even planning to bring that up so i actually was gonna <laughs> i was gonna do something though i was gonna pull up um and we're gonna obviously talk about the double game weeks and in, in, you know just seconds here but i'm going to pull up a question that i actually had in the main running order because you talked about um halls on the bench and uh mikey you uh, one of our patreon supporters says uh, i've benched double digit halls in each of the last four weeks how do we get these calls right and i'm not even sure you know my feeling is that i you can't even frame the question that way because it's to me it's more like a um like it's like a psychological problem 
You know, it's like, how do you handle this happening? I, at the moment, I have 19 points on my bench and that's with a non-playing keeper. Uh, You have, what did you say? You have 30 30. points. Yeah. You have 30 points on your bench. Um, It is a very, we're in a very unique situation right now where it just makes sense. Like in my case, just to start the 4.7 million Kufal over the 7.3 million Trent Alexander-Arnold. In fact, I don't want Trent anymore. I'm planning to drop him this week. And Gundawan is feels like an every week starter at this point. He still costs less than six million. You have you know all of these um, Suchek, you know until now that he's out until March. But before then, uh, do you think that's going to get rescinded? By the way, I don't think so. Just because yeah. the VAR review uh, was such a thing, and yeah, it was so Dino. I I think that it's. Yeah, it, it certainly should be, but I, I just don't think it can be given, it the, doesn't feel, given the amount amount of scrutiny that was on that match and that call. I think you're right. If it was like the Bednarak thing where kind of nobody really felt like that should have been a red, you know, and it was sort of yeah. like, oh, well, I guess we have to give this, you know, um, but this this feels a little bit different. It feels like it was a it was a decision made, you know, very mm-hmm. strongly. So anyway, um, so, you know, as far as the bench stuff goes, I. It makes me think it almost like gets me to like what is fun about fantasy, you know, like what like what is enjoyable about it. And I think there is it's like I it's like I actually feel like I want a weaker bench because it's it makes me enjoy the game less <laughs> when I have players. Yeah. I'd almost rather just have 10 million in the bank than have really expensive players on my bench every week. Even like, yeah. Domin- I, you know, I benched like, like many, I benched Dominic Calvert-Lewin this week and, um, and him, you know, going off and scoring that goal in the waning seconds was um, just, you know, it felt like a, you know, it was just a little bit of a stomach punch, right? I mean, after, yeah. you know, get the, getting the, the, the zero pointer from, um, from Suchek after the red card and then 12 on the bench from Copper Lewin. And you're like, right. Like it's such a funky season that I benched, you know, a, a, a double digit scoring forward for yeah. West Ham's defensive midfielder, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it does feel it, when you, when you sort of frame it that way, you're like, it is a weird season. It's hard to get these <laughs> things right right now. In game week 18, I had 11 points on the bench. In game week 19, I bench boosted and had 28. Game week 20, I had 24 points on the bench. Game week 23, 21, 15 points on the bench. 18 points on the bench in game week 22, and this game week 30. So that's 48 plus 5. I have close to 75 points on the bench in the last month. and. The the thought I had looking at the my bench hall for game week twenty three was, I really, uh, in hindsight, I feel like I really overthought this lineup. I brought in Ben Me to replace Sufal because if I looked at all my defenders going forward, I thought Sufal was the weakest given West Ham's fixtures. Right. So. Ben Me was kind of a shiny new toy. Now, of right. course, you never really realize how crap Burnley is until you own one of their players. Um, I mean, it was a set piece set piece goal that Dunk scored, and sure. and that was the difference maker. But but there is that. But um, I benched James Justin, who I've been singing his praises all season. I benched Calvert Lewin. You think maybe I just have to continually play the best players. And right. Matt uh, Target like, too, right? Tons of clean sheets. Yeah, on the exactly. Season. And then Matt Target was one of my five must-haves on a wild card a week ago. Yeah. Um, so what am I doing here? But then you're talking about, well, you uh, play Sioux Fall over Trent. 
that will so you know the logic is very malleable here you can't just say play your best players you just have to i think you're right when you say how do we just handle the fallout because unless you've got an almanac from back to the future too you don't know what's going to happen and um i do think that it's going this discussion is going to dissipate because the suchek red card is probably the first domino to fall here we found ourselves in this situation in game week 23 every question that was pinging around the fpl community was a bench dilemma because we have all gotten to the point where premiums aren't in the conversation and we can afford all the great cheap players which means we have 15 legitimately playable um, players in our squads right now and it makes those decisions all that much harder now with suchek probably maintaining that three match ban he goes and i think He's likely to be replaced by a Burnley midfielder who you're going to jettison immediately, or he's going to be replaced by the Basumas of the world. So um, I think we're probably going to start. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing benches that are less deep after after this uh, period of the mini doubles that are coming up, which is a big chunk of what we want to talk about here at the opening of the pod. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, well, let, let's do, um, so just a quick score check. You are in 58, uh, I'm on 70. We both have the same two players tomorrow to go, right? I believe we have a uh, Bamford, yeah, Bamford and Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, Leeds. Yeah, especially Dallas. Uh, Dallas it would, be, it would be wonderful if he if he went off and and did something. So, um, and then you know, just a quick uh, update on the always cheating Super League. Um, you know, it's actually we're, we still have a game week to go, so I'm just going to read off the top five here just to give them a quick shout out. Uh, Vigard Knudsen, Darren Sparks, uh, Brian Grady, Vova uh, Popolchenko, Pop- Popoleshko, excuse me, and Matt Carvel. Cancelo, Car- uh, Cancelo Culture still in first place. Um, all right, so. As we mentioned, double game weeks, they have been announced. They are they are of the mini double game week variety. So we have uh, two new matches added to game week 24, which is this upcoming game week. It uh, kicks off on, uh, on Saturday, I believe. Right? There's no Friday matches, are there? Yep, kicks off on Saturday. Um, and these matches are Man City Everton and Burnley Fulham. Um, and so that means that in game week 24, Man City play Spurs at home and away to Everton. Everton play Fulham and Man City at home. Burnley are away to Crystal Palace and home to Fulham. And Fulham are away to Everton and uh, away to Burnley. So I would say the top three teams there, Man City, Everton, and Burnley, all have pretty decent fixtures. Fulham, maybe less so. We can talk about them in a second. Uh, And then Game Week 25, they also announced a double, which is uh, Leeds away to Wolves and home to Southampton. Um, And Southampton uh, play Chelsea in their way to Leeds. So Uh that's where we are going into game week 24 um and just you know you mentioned that you brought in ben me that was obviously with an eye on this double yeah what are your plans right now for game week 24 what you what transfers are you thinking about um are you thinking about burning points um you know where where are you um you know <laughs> planning wise it's it's so funny um i think i'm kind of set for game week 24 as it is so manchester city is obviously the big team here and I'm already tripled up on them with Ederson, Diaz, and Gundogan. So I will yeah. keep them. I brought in Ben Mee. So uh, I think Burnley have uh, – Burnley notorious for their defense, right? So if you're looking mm-hmm. at Burnley v. Crystal Palace and Fulham, a Burnley defender or Nick Pope is the obvious move. So there's Ben Mee. 
And I have no other defenders that I would be willing to part with for yeah. a Burnley double up. So I'm feeling good there. Everton, I have dominant Calvert-Lewin. Do I want an Everton midfielder? Where where I am with my team and two free transfers is I'm going to spend one free to replace Thomas Suchek with an Everton or a Burnley midfielder. Okay. Probably a Burnley midfielder, and we'll have to do a we'll have to do a price check on Dwight McNeil Dwight McNeil versus Ashley Westwood. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to roll another one because I think that the the uh, the double that is more interesting for me to attack with multiple transfers and players that I would want to have for longer than just one game week would be somebody from Leeds or somebody from Southampton. Maybe right. it's Rafinha. Maybe it's Danny Ings. So. I'm not going to burn any points for 24, spend one free in the midfield, and then spend two on the double in game week 25 to get greater coverage on leads and somebody from Southampton. I think the interesting question here is um, whether you want to just go ahead and wildcard in game week 25. Um, and I think a lot of that depends on the FA Cup matches. The FA Cup is being played at midweek this week, so we're going to have a much better picture of how everything stands. Um, for anyone who isn't following this stuff as obsessively um, as as we and and some of the people listening to this podcast uh, no doubt are, um, in Game Week 26, we expect to have a ton of double game weeks, um, and these are matches that will be made up to to, to – you know, just because the FA Cup, in the way those matches fall, they end up messing up Premier League schedules, and so these matches get rescheduled at some point. So we think a lot of that's going to happen in Game Week 26. Um, and we don't know which matches are going to be doubled up yet in Game Week. And we don't, in fact, we may not even know by the time the Game Week 24 deadline hits. Uh, we should know, hopefully, before, before the Game Week 25 deadline. So it's like, I think I, and I have a bench boost to play still as well, so... Right. I think I will most likely wild card in game week 25 and uh, and then and then try to set myself up with a team that I can bench boost in game week 26. The and these 26 fixtures would would sort of be matches that were made up um, as a result of game week 29. Um, and the whole the reason everything gets like spread out is because of uh, uh, because of various you know uh, European results and things like that, and everything just can't be played at like exactly when when we want to get played. Like for example, um, the uh, the weekend after the midweek after Valentine's Day is um, is uh, which would be game week twenty seven, I guess, uh, or twenty six. Think about it like this. <laughs> Think about it like this. Your coworker wants to set a meeting with the group. Yeah, they find yeah. a time in their Outlook calendar that appears to work for everybody. What happens a couple days later is somebody has to take an emergency dental conflict. appointment yeah. or yeah. a conflict. And suddenly the meeting has to be rescheduled. That's what's sure. happening in Game Week 26. Yeah, yeah, basically. I don't know why I'm trying to explain it. It's, it's, if you just see it all written out, it's a lot easier to, uh, to understand. But uh, there is a good chance that a team like Southampton could actually have double game weeks in game weeks 25, 26, and 27. Uh, which would be insane. I, I don't think we've ever seen a triple double before, no, Brandon. No, 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 double no game never. Weeks. Never. Uh, and what's crazy is it's much like this game week, right? Where we're talking about, I will almost certainly uh, be captaining a player from Man City and possibly even triple captain a player from Man City. Um, but it's also possible that Bruno Fernandez away to West Brom is actually the best captain pick this week. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit more later. But I mean, 
Bruno Fernandez would be the most captain player in fantasy if, like, maybe of all time, if it weren't for this double game week, right? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. it's an amazing form, and he plays away to West Brom. Like, how is he not scoring double digits in that? The moment at which Big Sa- Big Sam pretended to take a throw in at the end of uh, of oh, who was West yeah. Brom playing Spurs uh, Spurs at the end of that Spurs match, the moment Big Sam brought that ball over his head with a with a shit eating grin on his face, you're like. It's over. This is Big Sam's <laughs> career is over. Whatever dream they had at West Brom yeah. is over. This is going down the yeah. tubes because he does not care at all. He'll always have that match where he uh, he's had some fun moments this year. I mean, the match where uh, where West Brom got the point away to Spurs or I mean, away to Liverpool, and then he basically was like, "Yeah, I've only been here for three days, but I'm a genius, and this is all on me." Uh, and then when he advocated for shutting the season down uh, because he's old and he's worried about COVID, even though he was not employed and took a job in the Premier League in the middle of sure. the worst outbreak of COVID in England. Yeah. Like and is constantly putting it, his fingers in his mouth with the sunflower seeds or whatever he's eating um, in, uh, during yeah. these matches. It, it's, it's bananas. He's so, he's so disingenuous. It's it's really wonderful to to watch someone who is just, he's like a politician. I mean, he's a completely ridiculous figure. So anyway, um, so Okay, a couple questions. First one from Boston Prof. He says, if you have the wild card and the bench boost available, what is the right chip strategy? And he says, I know it does depend on your team. So do you want to talk a little bit, Brennan, about what might happen in game week 26? Let's say, um, and obviously we have a game week in front of us. I don't want to get too you know, caught up, but I think it does affect your transfers, right? Whether you're going to, you know, you know, if, if you knew you were going to wild card in game week 25, for example, you could kind of go all out in game week 24 because yeah. um, you can just take those players out. Yeah, I mean there are there are lots of good fixtures to target and if the so on, on the scale of possible to likely to happen doubles for game week 26 Manchester City have will potentially have two home fixtures against West Ham and Wolves. Uh I mean every fixture is a good fixture for City. So City is is continues to be your your prime target now and looking at game week 26. And you've got a number of other teams to target. The The chip strategy would be if you still have a bench boost, you, because you cannot wildcard and bench boost together in the same game week, you would want a wildcard in 25, setting up a team for 26, in which you had 14 to 15 players that all double in game yep. week 26, and then you bench boost, and then you can effectively have, instead of a normal week in which... You have a team with uh, 10 fixtures on the docket. You can have a team with 20 fixtures on the docket and kind of double double your money. So that is the the conventional wisdom. If you don't if, – if you're like me, I've already spent my bench boost. So yeah. you could eye up of um, – a fixture in game week 26 where you wanted to triple captain. And in that case, you couldn't wild card and triple captain. But for me, I think that the triple captain is, is, uh, is not dependent on a particular double game week. I would be comfortable in my shoes, just wild carding going into game week 26 to take advantage of all these doubles. Cause what you might see, if you say, well, I'm happy with my team. Why would I wild card? You might see people in your work mini league just rocket by you because they have five more doublers than you. And, you know, just by virtue of that, they very likely will end up with 20 more points than you. 
Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, it really is. I mean, I think that um, that is the conventional ways, wisdom, Josh. Now, yeah, uh, we, right, we often right. see throughout throughout history. Yes, there are the yeah. single game week teams. Spurs is famous for this that can that can haul as many points as the doublers. So it's not yeah. set in stone. Yeah, and I think um, what I think will make it tricky, um, especially is, is is with Man City, where. Um, they will be playing in Europe, uh, starting in a couple of weeks. And once that, once that kicks off, uh, we're going to almost certainly see a lot more rotation. I have been a little surprised as I, as I, I wonder if you have been as well by just how little rotation we've seen. It feels like every team is playing a match every three days and no one's rotating. It's like, it's just, they just, I mean, Man City a little bit, I guess, but it's just like, just rolling out the same players every single match. And, you know, Antonio was, you know, he had to get like rolled off the pitch, you know, in that Fulham match. He was so tired, you know. It, it so was even minutes. the commentators were saying, is Antonio going to risk it by sprinting for this ball? Oh, no, he's not. It was, it was like borderline <laughs> golf commentary uh, watching Antonio. Like, is he going to run or is he not yeah, going to run? He's such a great player, but he's just so tired. You, you know, you could tell. Well, and it's, it's, it's. It may be that he's tired, but it's also he knows if he goes into a sprint at the wrong moment, his hamstrings will pop immediately. True. So that's true. Um, yeah, that yeah. is a huge risk that uh, he's literally running. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Surprisingly, a surprising lack of rotation. However, I think a lot of these guys, they get into a certain rhythm. And if they're we're at the point where. The uh, League Cup is uh, most of the teams are not, don't have to worry about that, and the FA Cup we're still in the B squad, C yeah. squad version of that. So some of these players might be used to playing midweek in those FA Cup fixtures, but they're not at the moment. Yeah, I see a lot of value in in a game week twenty five wild card. Just to answer Boston Pro's question, in a game week twenty five wild card, game week twenty six bench boost. But it really depends on how the Cefe Cup shakes out and what we think the rescheduled matches will look like. Um, so I, I personally, I feel like I, I the chip strategy stuff, I just I feel like we have to punt on it for a week and talk about it in next week's podcast a little bit. The question of whether to triple captain a game week 24, I don't hate it given Man City's form at the moment, but um, and I guess in that case, you would probably do it on Raheem Sterling, um, Gundogan. Um, would be an option, I guess. It just seems crazy, but how can you not say he, he wouldn't be an option, right? He's having crazy like, good, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I was, I said this on uh, social media, social media, I said this on Twitter earlier, uh, that he is, um, it reminds me of Aaron Ramsey's big season with Arsenal, where it just, it's, he's just kind of at the right place, the right time. You know, I mean, it's not like it's like, I don't think it's luck exactly, but it's just like, he is kind of just crashing the box and it's just like, he's just so aggressive right now. And, you know, it's like, he's just getting, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not he's, there's nothing lucky about it really. I mean, outside of Allison gifting a couple of goals to man city, but it's like, you know, it's just, he's just, um, he's just so focused right now. I mean, he's just so like crazy about getting into the box. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Like I just, this is not the kind of one that any of us have ever seen for Man City. Well, he's stepping into a power vacuum without KDB being there. And I think it's interesting to see him actually. um, I mean, it's a slightly different role. It's like, okay, do what KDB KDB does centrally without the raking passes. So I think where KDB's uh, he focuses a little bit more on the range of his game and the, 
and the crossing, Gundu, that's not Gundawan's forte. So he's playing in the middle of a park where KDB would, but he's just moving into the box. And I think he just has the brief from Pep. Like, we need your your body in there. And he yeah. is taking every chance. What blows me away about him is he's got the coolest hair going right now. He has yeah. the um, classic, I don't care, but I still look like I came from like Venice beach or something like that. Um, I don't even know if Venice beach is yeah, cool. Somebody like from California, floppy, let me know. Right. It's a little, um, yeah. he looks exceptionally cool. Now. Um, I think that was a terribly, terribly taken pen. There were a few moments in, yeah. in that city Liverpool match where I have not yet had my faith shaken in Gundogan or Ruben Diaz. And both mm-hmm. of those players, while they still had excellent games, both had moments where mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh my God, is this going to break the spell? Is this going to break your perfect season? Diaz did concede a pen, you know, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He had this like, like Gundogan missing the pen and Diaz conceding the pen. This is exactly what I'm talking about. But, um, I, I, I think a triple captaincy on Gundogan or even Diaz, if I'll just go that far, isn't crazy because these are two of the most informed players in Europe right now for what their jobs are. And yeah, and I would say yeah. Diaz in particular risk of rotation is zero percent. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, and you know I we'll wait and see what happens in the FA Cup this week. I, I you know I'd love to see, um, you know, because well, I'm in an interesting spot because I actually have um, an extra city spot uh, in my in my squad, and um, one move I could do that would be really simple would I, I could actually just go Suchek to Foden. Mm-hmm. Which um, I was really, I was really focused on getting Raheem Sterling, but now I'm like, well, maybe Foden is just, it's just a simpler move. Like it's just, you know, like I, I actually, I could actually keep Sun at that point, um, and then I would have Sun, you know, moving forward, and uh, you know, wouldn't have to give up any. I, actually, I don't think I have any value built up, and I, I have bought and sold Sun so many times. It's like <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I think I've bought and sold him like three different. It's like, why am I doing this? Like, just mm-hmm. just keep him in my squad. But um, so Wednesday um, at uh, twelve thirty our time, five thirty UK time. Swansea City play Man City. So there's your um, there's your match to to keep an eye out for. Um, if Man City lose that match, then we may not have double game weeks. You know, for them going forward, at least as many they'll have one because of the League Cup final as well. Uh, but if they win, then they just have a whole bunch of matches to, to play later and. As a result of that, I mean, one match that we could see in 26 for Man City would be uh, West Ham at home and Wolves at home. And I think that might be even more appealing for a, for a uh, triple captain, especially if KDB's back by then. Yeah. So I just, you know, there's there's too many variables for me to blow a chip this week because I just don't feel like I know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there might be a better time to, to use it. And we're certainly going to get more double game weeks down the line. So it doesn't feel like an urgent thing. Yeah, game weeks 24 and 25. These are do- mini double game weeks where you just sit back and enjoy the ride and and worry about your chip strategy later, I think. Yeah. I don't I actually prefer a mini double game week. You know, there's a little less pressure. You don't need to like totally rejigger your team. You know, you, you want to have a handful of double game weekers, but you don't need to go like completely nuts. A classic um, Bronislav yeah. Ivanovic game week one situation. That's what you're after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a, yeah, you you want yeah you want to like you want to strike gold, right? You want you want like one of them to get an 18 pointer, and you wouldn't have had him in your team if it yeah. weren't for the double. Which which brings me to Loha Lunge's question. He says, anyone else on Everton worth bringing in for double for double game week uh, beyond Dominic Calvert Lewin? And I, I agree that Dominic Calvert Lewin is a is a um, 
a borderline essential player for the double. I, I mean, you know, they do play Man City and that, that might be a blank, but I think the Fulham at home, given how good they looked um, in the Man United match, I think that um, I would be very nervous about not having Dominic Calvert-Lewin going to this game week. We all benched Dominic Calvert-Lewin in game week 23, mostly because we wanted to play Thomas Suchek, but also you you said, well, this is the player that can hurt me least and he's playing yeah. Manchester United. And you see what he did there. So it's less trying to predict what's going to happen. I think that this season very much favors just rolling the dice. So yeah. that is, that's the case you make for bringing in Calvert-Lewin with City being half of that. Um, but I haven't seen anything from this Everton defense. Uh, I mean, Dean maybe plays into that roll the dice logic, but... My my issue with any other Everton players apart from DCL is who are you transferring out and what are you giving up and what's the upside? Is there a big enough upside for James Rodriguez or f- to Corey? Is there enough of an upside to get rid of a better midfielder that you're going to have for another month just to hit Everton in that game week? I think DCL his returns are much more in play than returns yeah. from any mm-hmm. other player there. So I'm, I would make the case that no DCL is it for Everton. I am thinking strongly about Lucas Dean, uh, it, you know, and in some ways it, it really just depends on your structure. I mean, if you have two man city, it doesn't really make sense to do it. But in my case, I have this Trent spot. Um, and I think that it's, it would be one thing I would consider just I don't know. This, this is a little unique to my team, so I don't want to go on it too long because it may not be relevant to everybody else. But it would be, um, and this depends on whether Foden gets rested in midweek. But I would go Suchek to Foden. I would go um, Trent to Dean, and then I would upgrade my backup keeper to Pope. So those would be. I would have those. I would have one Burnley player. I would have a couple Everton, and I'd have three Man City. Um, I think that would be kind of a fun. Yeah. combination for the for the yeah double. no so i yeah. I, I think minus i think four, so obviously. too yeah um i think pop would be a fun player to have for the, so you have two transfers like what are you thinking with your with your transfers i think suchek to <laughs> did you already say i, I, I feel like you said I, this but we've talked about yeah, it so long yeah, i forgot it, so sorry it, yeah. i mean the plan is so ingenious that it bears repeating and it's so okay. provocative that i think people didn't believe me the first time i said it but <laughs> with two free transfers i'm thinking of spending just one mm-hmm. and getting rid of uh, changing thomas suchek into either ashley westwood or dwight mcneil oh my god so um <laughs> So Wait, then I, I just burn a transfer at that point. I don't know. I mean, you, you can't, I, I, I would strongly recommend not having either of those two players. They're, they're so bad. I mean, <laughs> it's just a waste. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, th- sure. Yeah. I, I, as I said, you never really realize how bad Burnley is until you own a Burnley player. But right. as Harrison Reed showed me in the double, uh, about a month ago, even the worst fifth midfielder is worth four points in a double yeah, game week. So that's true. what are you complaining about? If, well, but would if, you have to bench someone like Ollie Watkins? Like I'd rather have Watkins for one, I think, than, than like a Westwood for, for two. No, because we're talking about midfielders here. I would probably be benching Sun. Right. I mean, wouldn't you just rather start Sun over Ashley Westwood? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that... I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean to, to to be like the devil on your shoulder here, but I'm just uh, I'm just planting yeah. some seeds of doubt, yeah. trying to you know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I. But there, there is no other case that um, can be made. The problem that I had prior to the Suchek Red was I was almost certainly going to dump Hungman's Son. So yeah. much changed over the course of Game Week Twenty Three for these plans. Yeah. The Suchek Red means that Suchek can be turned into a double game weaker, as we've discussed. Right. Probably not a great one. Right. Hungman's Son. His stock is suddenly on the rise because guess who's back? Harry Kane is back. So I but that I, was crazy. Like we kind of it was a possibility. Like sure, but like I don't know. I mean, I I certainly would have Captain Son if I'd known that Kane was back. I mean, sure. If I knew that, uh, yeah. If I knew that we were going to win, that we were going to lose Vietnam, I would have probably um, <laughs> done something different too with my life. I, but we we could not have predicted that. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I could also in in instead of burning a transfer, yeah, I could finally solve my goalkeeper rotation. So you're you're about to embark on a journey that I've been on over the last four weeks is having two needlessly expensive goalkeepers. So I have Mendy and Ederson and I have yet to have cause to get rid of one of them. So maybe this is a week where I just spend a free transfer to finally get rid of Mendy because we'll be playing Ederson. But as I was saying earlier, I'm like, I don't want, I, I like the idea of rolling one of the free transfers. So I have two going into game week 25 because I really like the appeal of tripling up on leads and getting Danny Ings up front yeah. for 25. So that's my, that's my main focus. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of just in the, in the frame of mind of rolling into game week 24 with what I've got, because I feel like I have all the vitals covered. I've got double city defense, gun to one in the mid, a Burnley defensive coverage and dominant Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at how do I approach game week 24, it's triple city, dominant Calvert-Lewin and a Burnley defender. That's what you need to know. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Fulham, we don't even really need to say anything. I mean, they're just not um, a team that you can really uh, take seriously at the moment. And you know, Well, I mean, by they, the they way, have... have you seen a team absolutely dominate 90 minutes of a match? West Ham didn't even touch the ball that yeah. entire match. Yeah. Yet, at, <laughs> at no point was did Fulham look likely to take three points from that match. It was just utterly depressing yeah. and demoralizing as a Fulham supporter. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has to be so happy that Gareth Bale is in the Premier League right now because he is taking all of the all of the heat right now for like just collecting a paycheck and, and doing nothing. I mean, Loftus, I, mean I, I feel bad about saying this because it actually looks like he's trying out there, but like whatever he's doing, it is not working. Like I, I you and I saw Ruben Loftus-Cheek play – um, in a Europa League match uh, a couple years yeah. ago in, in Europe, and he was the best player on the pitch. This this is a match that Eden Hazard played in, and Lewandowski was still the like he was so good in that match. And now, I mean, he looks completely lost at Fulham. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I think he had a decent match in the midfield, but as soon as he got anywhere or in and around the eighteen yard box, um, yeah. his his testicles kind of shriveled up, and it was it's it's a pain. It's yeah, a pain it's like watch. it's it's like the big men in the NBA who like now they all feel like they have to shoot threes, you know, and they, they just like it's just awkward. And you're like, no, like sorry, you know, Andre Drummond, like it's just not going to work for anybody. And that's how I feel about <laughs> Ribble off his cheek when he plays too far forward. You're like it's just 
this is not your this is not your spot, man. Like, go go hang out with Anguisa for a while. Like, let's you know, you guys need to work together. Uh, let him let him show you the ropes a little bit more. Um, all right, so yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I think the Dean is fun mostly just because they play Fulham at home, and I think that he could get something out of that match. Um, it's the Man City match is probably a wash, but I don't think he gets negative points there. Like, I don't think that. Uh... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't think Man City are going to score six at Everton, you know, so no, it's, you know, I, I just, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, based on what we saw t- uh, yesterday from Everton, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they scored at home to Man City, that would not be, you know, an earth shattering result by any means. So, you know, I don't think they win, but like, could they score in a three one? Sure. Of course. The earth would stand still if that were to happen. I think. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll get back and we'll talk a little bit about the game week exactly in front of us, Game Week 24. And we're back. Quick thank you to our newest Patreon supporters, Zacharias Nadir. It's a great name. Uh, Matt Phillips, John, and definitely not Michelle in NYC. Brandon, our newest wink, wink, Patreon, nudge, nudge, know what I mean. <laughs> our newest Patreon supporters. Uh, if you want to say thanks and support the cheaters, visit patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, you get an extra podcast each week. You get to talk on the Slack. You get access. You get discounts on the merch and uh, at various tiers. You get a free T-shirt as well. And then if you win uh, any of the various prize leagues that we have, we also give away uh, merchandise uh, to the winners of those leagues. So lots of different options, uh, all of which uh, you can find out at patreon.com slash always cheating. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. 
It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com cheating. All right, Josh, let's focus on the fixtures that are in game week 24. Let's work through the hard dilemmas and decisions that we have to make with our teams ahead of that game week 24 deadline. Got a couple of questions from our listeners, but let's just look at the fixtures here real quick. And we start off with a true banger, Josh. Mm-hmm. Lester hosting Liverpool. Liverpool are kind of trying to find their footing at the moment. And Lester are in quite trying good form. Failing. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be an amazing way. I feel like I feel like we haven't had like a proper huge kickoff to a game week, so I'm very excited about this. So uh, it's it's a it's been a James Justin world, and you've just been living in it. But here is yet another yeah. situation in in which Justin owners are going to have to probably um, put him on the bench, which is which yeah. is kind of sad. I mean, I, I, if if you had Justin, would you be benching him this week? Yeah, certainly. I, you know, I, I think some combination of double game weekers. I mean, it's, there's actually a question here from F, FPL who said, uh, I want to prepare for the doubles, but if I don't transfer in Martinez or Justin, I fear for my own sanity. Uh, what should I do? I mean, just, first of all, I was a little surprised that Justin got the three bonus today. And I guess uh, it was just about, um, I mean, I, I mean, he played well, certainly, but um, I thought that Traore kind of had the better of him uh, in the match, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't. Yeah, show he up. got. Yeah, he Traore beat him on the dribble like maybe twice, but there were numerous times in which Justin tackled. Where Justin excels is he just reads the game really well, and I think there are BPS for inter- intercepting passes, and he never puts a pass wrong. Justin, right? Often. Even when he yeah. collects it in the backfield, he's still able to pick somebody out um, in the midfield, which is excellent. So it's it's like Justin always gets those bonus. By virtue of not making mistakes, yeah. Which is, I wonder like if you'll. End, I wonder if you end up having him the entire season. I wonder if you will actually have Justin for all thirty-eight weeks. I think it's possible. It is. I mean, I've I've fallen in love with him. <laughs> I've fallen deeply in love with him. I think he's so good. I think yeah. he's so good. Yeah. He is. He's really good. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously can't be your transfer game week 24. And I, I think he's I, I don't think it's like a you know, I think he's like a he could be a first bench spot or something. It's um, it really gets at what you think about uh, Liverpool. I mean, they're just um, it's so bad. It's crazy. I mean, Sadio Mane, like, is he when is he going to get good again? It's it's like. You know, he had that one match, um, and this is like what we're seeing right now with 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 Liverpool is that everybody has one match where they look good, yeah. and it's like it's never synced up. It seems like I mean, I guess you know, yeah. Firmino and and Salah are both pretty good at the West Ham match, but otherwise, it's just and Firmino was completely invisible against Manchester City. Like you, you, you could convince most people that he wasn't even playing in that match, which is concerning. But I, I still think that Salah is an easy 
player to just leave in your fantasy team. Even with the seven points against Manchester City this weekend, assuming you captained him for his brace a couple of game weeks ago, even if you take it all in totality over like the last eight game weeks, his game week average is still around like five points per game week, which is, you know, is is that worth the 12.5 price tag? We can debate it, but he is... I do think that he's he's delivering. So uh, I'll, I'll look forward to playing Salah. Won't be captaining him. Another marquee matchup on Saturday is City Spurs. So we, we talked a little bit with my own team. Do you hang on to Sun for game week 24? Do you play him? And the fact that Harry Kane is back, I think, sort of halts all your plans to get rid of Sun. I, I certainly would have major doubts um, about dropping him at this point, even with the city fixture in game week 24. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, Villa Brighton, I think is a pretty interesting match too. Right. I mean, um, like I think a Brighton lot of are us doing, be, they're doing bits right now. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are in a position where we'll, we'll target and possibly Martinez get benched. I mean, I, I had thought about Martinez to Pope, but geez, like, what has Martinez done to deserve a benching? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to bench him in this match. I, I suspect I'll end up going with a Burnley defender as opposed to Pope just because I don't want to drop Martinez. It, it's just so hard. Yeah. And like basically anytime they play a team that's mid table or below, they're keeping a clean sheet right now. And it's, you know, yeah. And I think what Villa does so well is they restrict the opposition to shots from outside the box. And that's just catching practice for yeah. Martinez. So he just racks up the save points and the bonus. Yeah. Very Nick Pope style. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, and I think the, the match that I am really interested in is the West Brom man United match. And I, we did talk about it a little bit, um, uh, earlier on in the pod, and uh, Pete Fallows says, who to captain, uh, Bruno versus West Brom, or a City player with two games? Uh, Dan chimes in and says, captaining Pope for double game week 24, crazy, when City are so informed and also have a double game week too. So is there any argument that you would accept, Brandon, for captaining Bruno over a Man City <laughs> player? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that I can accept that. I think... I think Bruno plays, and when Bruno plays, he he usually gets FPL returns. So why not? And when City play, the points can tend to get spread around. It's like who are you gonna if you're talking about just one single player to put the armband on, who are you gonna who's gonna get your favor from City? Is it gonna be Foden? Well, is he gonna start both games? Well, I don't know. It's it's a rotation issue, which kind of gives me uh um uh, stomach ache are you gonna then put it on a man city defender can a can a city defender like Cancelo or john yeah. stones outperform a captain uh bruno against west brom and at that point i feel like you're splitting hairs so i feel like it's a the double is sort of mini enough that it's still a match week in which you put the armband on the player with the best fixture if you follow what I'm saying. So I think Bruno is a great captaincy option. Yeah. So are you thinking about it personally? 
Yeah, I think I think what will probably end up happening is I will say, yeah, I'm totally thinking about it. And Bruno <laughs> will be my vice captain. Yeah, can, And Gundogan will he, probably he, be my captain. <laughs> he won't even be my vice captain. Like uh, It'll be another double gate league player. It'll be Dominic Calvert-Lewin or something. But um, listen, I'm not here yeah. to tell people what to do, Josh. And I'm not here to say I know what the right thing is or the wrong sure. thing is to do. Uh, of, course, so. of course not. But it's very boring, you know, to, to, to not at least – try to answer the question, right? I mean, I, I, I think that um, that Man City are in such good form uh, and so capable of scoring four goals in any match, so capable of keeping clean sheets in any match they play right now. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, and outside of a penalty, they kept Liverpool at Anfield. Now, granted, that has not been um, as hard to do this year than it has been in recent years, but it seems very reasonable to me that Man City keep back-to-back clean sheets. John Stones is now a goal machine. As we saw, Brandon, he uh, scored another one today, just just offside though. Yeah. Um, your boy Diaz, uh, it feels it feels like he's overdue to score a header in the box, <laughs> right? Very much so, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Gundawan is an in incredible form. I think he is, uh, in my opinion, the 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 premier captain option for game week twenty four. I mean, even if I bring in Raheem Sterling, which I, I could, I'm considering doing, I think I'll probably still captain Gundawan. Um, the yeah. only thing that would stop me from doing no, that you're is right. you'll you'll captain Sterling if you bring him in. I guarantee it. I don't know. I'm not. I really don't know about that. And I, it would really depend on how many minutes either one played in the uh, FA Cup uh, FA Cup match. I have really this match was like if I was like if my faith was like my Gundo faith was being tested or something. This match sealed it for me. There, there's just something about the way he played in this one that was, it was just he was so aggressive. I just wasn't. I it's like I I needed to keep seeing it, you know, to actually believe it. It was real. Like it's the aggression is so ridiculous right now and he's also like i mean i don't know you know and this might be the last chance to do it because if kdb comes back um in a, in a week or two then i think we're gonna we're gonna miss it you know and there's just sort of this like little window right now where he is like, <laughs> like Haley's comet yeah exactly it's like this is the little window where he's doing it um and i, I i'm genuinely saying that i think that i would captain gun on even if i brought in raheem sterling yeah fair enough fair enough i uh, but what about a city defender so yeah s- um, talk to me about that because yeah. I think that you know Shane Duffy, the legend of the Shane Duffy triple captain, and all that sort of thing, and that that begat all sorts of theories and wives' tales about never captaining yeah. a defender and so on and so forth. But we have not seen a defense in this kind of solid form in quite a long time. I mean, I guess not since Liverpool was doing it a season and a half ago. Um, but I think that. If there is a very solid case to captain somebody like Stones, like Diaz, um, who seem more certain to get two in a row, two starts in a row where, yeah, the ceiling is lower. So two clean sheets and two matches is 12 points doubled on a captaincy 24. Gunduan, if he matches that, that's going to be sensational. You'll consider that a successful captaincy for Gunduan as well. So I... I think I have a lot of room in my heart for city defensive captains this week as well. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've had Kinsella for a couple of weeks now. I haven't really seen this like the Kinsella that everyone was so excited about. It's I, I mean, I don't know. I, it feels like he hasn't exactly been like bombing forward. And, you know, uh, now granted, they, it's they, they played Burnley and Liverpool since I've had him on my squad. So not exactly the the teams we'd expect him to just have like a free roll, but maybe Burnley, I don't know, but Burnley are, you know, tough enough defensively that it wasn't like he was just going to have like, you know, unimpeded room, you know, to run or anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you think about Cancelo? 
stuff. I mean, he was kind of playing a defensive midfielder position against Liverpool today, and he would he would kind of tuck in right next to Rodri at moments. So his brief yeah. against Liverpool was less to get up the wing and to create width. It was like, we don't need that. We've already got Bernardo Silva way the heck over there. We've already got Raheem Sterling way the heck over there or Zinchenko. Yeah. So I think it is and and that's what we were talking about last week is it is does Cancelo not get consecutive starts because he needs rest? I think it's rotation with him where Pep has a very specific idea of the role in which Cancelo plays match to match and yeah. it's very hard from a fantasy perspective to replicate that. Yeah, I don't know long term if I'll have Cancelo. I think if I wild card in game week 25 i'll probably drop him for the stones diaz duo because i, I don't really like the stress of having him i, I, I you know it doesn't I, I know that he started more the, the rest stuff is the rest of rotation stuff is a little overstated but i i just feel like there are more natural spots you know because he can i can play in the left or the right or can play in the midfield but it just feels like i i don't know i'm just not, I, like i don't feel safe <laughs> with Cancelo like I, I you know in like a double game week I would never captain him because I would assume that there's a good chance he was going to get rested for one of the two matches you know so um I don't know it, it's just like I, I don't really like having players where I don't know if they're going to start it's just not a um um I don't know it just feels like you end up getting caught short a couple of times in situations like that you know I mean, let's say he only starts a wait you know he starts the Spurs match and doesn't start a way to Everton or whatever right it's like is that good or not you know I, I don't know it uh-huh. just feels like uh um, I mean, I guess I just think that Spurs counterattacking style could be uh, reasonably well suited for this Man City match. I think that Man City are going to dominate the ball and that Spurs are going to get, you know, several chances to, to you know, to counterattack. And um, then it's just whether they can convert on a couple of those chances. And uh, Kane seemed like, you know, I mean, I don't know. He like kind of had to like get his form back a little bit in the first half of that match. But it felt like, you know, you look I mean, good. The, he looked pretty good. And then Sun scored too. So his confidence is back up as well. So I think there's a, certainly a reasonable chance that Spurs score in this match. And, uh, and then Everton, I think, um, you know, as I said in the last section, I, I think there's a reasonable chance they do as well. And so again, let's say it's, if it's 50, 50, um, for, um, Man City to keep clean sheets in these two matches, probably a little lower than that. Let's say it's 40% each. Um, you know, is a 40% chance in two matches, uh, enough to, to captain a defender, it feels like it's a little risky. Josh, let me cast your mind back to game week nine at Craven Cottage, Everton, the early fixture on Sunday. Yeah. Brandon is looking at his fantasy team. He, yes, he's captain dominant Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin <laughs> right. gets a brace in the first yeah. half. And guess who Everton play? Uh, uh, one half of their double here. They play yeah. at home, hosting Fulham, followed by the last fixture of the game week. <laughs> Nothing better than yeah. having your captain. You know, the same is true for a captain Gundogan, but hypothetically, the captain dominant Calvert Lewin. Nothing better than your captain playing in the last fixture uh, of the game week. So I think that's just a little tip of the hat to all of you Mavericks out there who are looking for something different. I think Calvert Lewin has got enough gas to get you over the finish line. It's just a kind of a, a matter of luck. It was nice to see him scoring again. I, I wish those points hadn't been on my bench. I, I like Calvert Lewin. He's, he's somebody that I re- kind of like uh, Ali Watkins. You know, I just sort of like these guys. Like Calvert Lewin just seems like a nice guy. 
right? I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? There's something like something oh, about totally. the, the spark cool. in his eyes or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's got he's got flair. He's got he's got panache. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. He seems like he plays really hard. You know, it's just, he's just an easy player to like. So I, I I'm I'm glad that he's back in my team, and uh, I don't think I'll be benching him again anytime <laughs> soon. So, um, all right, so couple more questions here. Um, two more questions. Uh, one is from Burner. He says, with such a diversity of high-performing players, what are your thoughts on taking out players with bad fixtures, such as Sun versus Man City, for players with great fixtures, such as Rashford against West Brom, only to transfer them back in? So, Brandon, <laughs> he's asking, do I transfer Sun out for the fourth time this season? <laughs> I mean, no. My, my, my flat answer to that is no. I think that the game, the one game week transfer rarely pans out. And when it does, uh, it, it can be glorious, but it's, it's rarely if ever gonna, gonna work out. And as we were discussing about game week 23 and, you know, you thought you knew what was going to happen. I thought that Justin was my least likely, my second least likely defender to clean. I thought that DCL was my attacker least likely to return. And I put them on the bench and they had fantastic matches. And the same can probably be said of looking at a player like Sun going against Man City. You could say this is the player least likely and Rashford is the player most likely. Now, speaking about Rashford, I mean, Rashford has been returning the last few game weeks, but Rashford hasn't exactly looked great. I do not rate his form at all. And Manchester United are... Um, it's just an odd, an odd sort of story in teams, a team that continues to score, continues to occasionally to, to put points in the table, but continue to kind of look completely out at sea at the same time. Yeah. I had this idea in my head that Rashford was this like lethal finisher, uh, going into this season that was like, give Rashford like a half a chance that he's going to. And maybe he was just over, like he was just, you know, converting at a rate that wasn't sustainable or something. But I just thought of him as like a real, like a, I don't want to say Robin Van Persie level, but it was just like that, like he had great form. You know what I mean? It was like, you really like kind of just knew how to hit the ball just right, you know? (laughs) And this whole, the season has just been like a, I just feel like he's not playing badly exactly, but it just feels like he's not quite like full confidence or something. He's just not playing like, you know, to the absolute best of his abilities. I just don't think that anyone's giving him instructive guidance on what to do on the pitch. And I think that's probably the the larger issue with, with United, but I mean, just, I, I think Bruno is, is enough for me. And there are so many other great options and especially looking at the mini doubles in 24 and 25 Rashford ain't it. You, yeah. I think maybe you, if you're selling Sun, like you were suggesting, Josh, you shift something around to get a second city attacker in there. Yeah. Or even, you, even Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah, I think that yeah. he's kind of a fun option. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Anybody but Rashford, really. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of frustrated. I'd rather have like Cavani if I was picking someone from that team. You know, I know that's like a different spot in the lineup. But I mean, as to the question of taking out, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, the fact that I keep bringing Sun back to me tells me that I don't know. But I mean, like, it's kind of worked out. Like to bring him out and taking it back, it's sort of it hasn't like ruined my season. You know, I mean, as long as the whole problem is that it's 
the whole problem is, is being okay with bringing these people back. And there's a kind of mental thing that starts to happen when you bring these players in where you're like, I can see a path forward where Rashford is a better player than Son, right? You know, it's like you start to like build a narrative in your head about the player that's currently in your team as an excuse yeah. to use a transfer to move them back to the other person. And right. I think that that is the problem. I think if you could drop Son for a week or whoever the player may be, Ollie Watkins or something, right? Like for Dominic Coppola, I don't know, whoever the player might be, you know, it's, as long as you have the discipline to actually bring the other player back, then mm-hmm. I think it's fine to do it. And it's just that you, what happens often is that you get trapped by injuries or your own narrative building, you know, that you sort of stop yourself from, from making those moves later. Last question comes from AJ who, you know, this is really the hardest one to answer, Josh. <laughs> AJ wants to know, is Burnley's defense actually any good? And there was a moment very early on in the Burnley-Brighton fixture this this yeah. week where Ben Mee came darting out of his 18-yard box with a wild slide tackle. Uh, looked like it was going to be a pen or something, and I, and I was just like, I, I don't think I can watch this match owning Ben Mee. This is, <laughs> this is a clown car. Now... Pro, flash forward to the 90-minute whistle. Burnley have only conceded one goal, and it was on a set piece. Yeah. So when you finally put pen to paper, your Burnley's defense are getting results, and they are hard to break down. It just takes a giant Lewis dunk to really actually put the ball in the net. Yeah. So is the if the question is, are Burnley good? Is their defense good? No, they're not awesome. They're not excellent. Can they... Can they earn you FPL points? 100%. And if you're, yeah. if there's any point in the season to have Burnley defense or Nick Pope, game week 24 is that week. Yeah. So you either get you either get busy with Burnley in 24, AJ, or you don't ever ask a question about Burnley ever again. <laughs> yeah, they also play West Brom at home in game week 25 too. So you do kind of get a bonus fixture out of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some, something to keep in mind maybe. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not feeling Burnley that much other than I think they only have uh, one clean sheet that they've kept in the last seven matches, in the last six. Um, let's see, they kept a clean sheet, of course, away to Liverpool. That's the only clean sheet they've kept uh, since they uh, defeated Sheffield United 1-0 in game week 16, right? So they've not exactly been, I mean, we sort of have this idea in our head about how strong they are defensively, and it's not completely unfounded um there the the pieces are there i think the you know part of the problem honestly is that their attack is so blunted right now that it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense right I mean, yeah, just the ball exactly, just keeps coming at them they care there's exactly. no rest for them at all exactly and you know without chris wood there i mean i'm not a huge chris wood fan but you know at least he's just this sort of dangerous target man that you have to keep an eye out for right because he's just yeah. so he's just so big and he you know, it converts really well. And, you know, I think that you know, not having Wood, I think, is what really hurts the McNeil-Goodmanson- Westwood combo. You know, it's just, um, who are they going to send the ball into? You know, Ashley Barnes? It's just like, it's not... Um, that is a combo so strong that they had to they had to eliminate Chris Wood just to weaken them. It's, in, it's like, <laughs> it's like Infinity War out there. My yeah. God. I'm surprised that, uh, that Westwood is, is the... I thought I, I thought that McNeil would be rated higher than Westwood. There was a moment a couple of years ago, Brian, where I was convinced that Dwight McNeil was like <laughs> on his way to Chelsea or something, that he was like the next big. He is a good player for the record, but he's just not, you know, he's not, he's like, 
he's found his perfect level, right? It's like, be like the best, <laughs> be the creative player on an uncreative team. That's like, a, that's a fun role to have. He's the Zaha of Burnley. Burn The yeah. Burnley Zaha will be, <laughs> will, will be his name. Now, <laughs> Ashley sad. Westwood, yeah. would you have guessed that he is among the few players on Burnley who have not missed a single minute this season? Ashley um, Westwood has played more minutes than Nick Pope this season. I'd love to see an Ashley Westwood highlight reel, just all of his best moments from uh i mean from the yeah, season you you get her to carve out a little chunk of time a couple my nights friends. yeah that's yeah. true it's like, that it's file's like gonna be too wings. large gotta, yeah. <laughs> file's too large to, to upload pieces. to youtube <laughs> well yeah. maybe i'll be through with it by the time we record uh next week's pod the, the i mean like it's their defense yeah i think you honestly you just kind of said it which is that it's um they're cheap they have uh three really good fixtures so you you know even if you take a minus four you can think of it as a little investment because i think a lot of people are going to be wild carding anyway uh in a couple of weeks so um i mean there's like the whole wild card 26 versus 30 debate that we can talk about i don't know next week's pod i think next week's pod will have a little more wild card clarity so i, I think it does make sense to punt that down the road uh, another week, but just, you know, assuming that you're not going to be playing a wild card, I think that having Pope for those three fixtures or Tarkowski, I mean, me versus Tarkowski, I mean, I guess it just comes down to the the point three million price difference, right? There's no, you don't see any, any real reason to have one over the other. Do you? Me over Tarkowski? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I yeah. actually, then you make the case for Ben me clearly because he's cheaper and you know every every little dollar counts these days josh we're kind of in the middle of a global recession <laughs> yeah well you could <laughs> you could go with loud I, I suppose too he's even cheaper he's i don't think he's missed a match since uh game yeah let's five. see what about eric peters had an assist this weekend let's see he's with with charlie taylor's absence i think peter's position seems pretty firm so yeah i think peter's i'm just checking the this injury table for charlie taylor could be coming back on february 9th so charlie taylor's fitness is clouded which makes eric peters a tricky recommendation to make yeah i I think it's a little too like why do it when you could have loudon who's probably a little bit safer yeah. Um, I don't know who was even competing with Lawton. I guess that would be Phil Bardsley could play that spot. So there's just not a lot of com- and Phil Bardsley is like 35 years old. So I think that Lawton is probably and then yeah, you know yeah and Burnley are not exactly like uh, just like clean and clear either. I think they're still. I mean, are they like where they're like mid bottom table? Is that like yeah they're 17th place? So they, they've got to play their toughest. Um, yeah, they, they've got to play their best players uh, down the stretch. I think that it's just mm-hmm. too too risky not to. They do. They'll be fine. The bottom three are the bottom three at this point. New, Newcastle would be um, the uh, the only team that might pop in there in place yeah. of a of a Fulham or a Callum. Callum Wilson is single handedly going to keep Newcastle up. I can't believe it. Like I, I, I mean, I, know, I guess he just got injured, right? So I mean, maybe that. But like they, yeah, they he's won got two a hamstring other- strain. They won two of their last three. They're, they're, I mean, they're on 25 points already. Like, they're probably, I think they've got 10 more than Fulham at the moment. You know, it's, it was in the 18th place. Like, I, it's crazy. They're, they're probably Gosh. safe. Who needs who needs Wilson when you, who needs the truth when you got Miggy Almiron? Miggy Almiron is, uh, <laughs> I don't know, he's, he's the facts. You've got the truth and then Miggy <laughs> is the facts. 
<laughs> is that F-A-X or F-A-C-T-S? <laughs> I don't know. I've only heard it said. Uh, what, do, what do you call those words? That, um, uh, it's a homot- homot- homophone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, homonym, yeah. I don't know. Um, something like that. So I don't know. That was a bad bit. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is that's your pod. And good luck to everybody. I know this is a tricky one. I feel like we... As you said, Brandon, the, the 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 what we're trying to do here is not always answer these questions, but just kind of kick around some different ideas, talk about our thinking a little bit. And I, I think for a game like the, like this, it is, it's kind of extra tricky because you have to sort of play the game week in front of you, but you also really do want to keep an eye on on twenty five where you've got the leads double, and you've got to keep an eye on twenty six where we know there's going to be a lot of. Mm. <laughs> lot of uh double game weeks too so it's um you know i think the, the no one's got this like just like down like pat though i don't think um mm-hmm. nor could you because we don't even know who's gonna be doubling up in 26 at this point <laughs> it's impossible as mark hamill said to his father darth vader it's impossible all <laughs> right so a- as we outro this episode of the podcast just a reminder if you want to say thanks to me and josh for what we do each week and get some more fpl content and return Visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating, where you can find out how you can get a second podcast every week, as well as access to our Slack and always cheating merch. Josh, as we do every week, thank you to thank you. Say thank you to our producers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePetro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, Big Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant. James Holland, Jazz Binning. By the way, I cannot wait to get back to the Black Horse. We used to talk about the Black Horse in like every single podcast, Brandon. It's so sad. That we I know, not it really is sad. Go back there. I'm really hoping the, you know, the second they open up for any kind of I'll, I'll go there in 20 degree temperatures just to, uh, that's 20 degrees Fahrenheit, Brandon, uh, just, just to watch a match outside. <laughs> 20, 20 Celsius is pretty nice, right? That's like, that's, that's warm, right? Uh, you're buckering up the wrong tree here, buddy. All right. Fair enough. All right. Um, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya, Christine, Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, at, at FBL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich, St- Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, and Future Media Group, FPL. Brandon, is so nice to have so many wonderful people who have decided to produce the Always Cheating Podcast, and it's a pleasure to thank them every week. And it's I, I consider it a great honor that actually uh, that I lose my breath doing it, Brandon, because it's a, it's a testament to how many people uh, support the pod. So thank you to everyone who supports us at any pledge level. It's really appreciated. Yeah, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And Joe Laurentino, I see you. Thank you for the Poku five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, much respect. Find us on all your favorite social media platforms. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Visit our website, alwayscheating.com, for all this information and more. Josh, I wish you good luck in Game Week 24. We'll see all of our patrons on Thursday. Sounds good. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.